Hi, this is David Sweet, CEO and founder of Focus Core Japan. And if you were like many of the APAC leaders that I speak to, you're struggling in Japan to find the right talent. You get bombarded with irrelevant resumes or a lack of resumes altogether. I would like to invite you to discover the power of Focus Core's retained search. Let Focus Core help you swiftly secure top tier talent in this candidate short market. I'd like to invite you to shoot me an email and explore how we're different. And with a 100% refundable trial, we can revolutionize your hiring process today. Now, on to our podcast. Core Podcast. I'm your host, David Sweet, founder and CEO of Focus Core.、Uh, this time we're going to chat about how to hire for difficult positions. And this is specifically centered around positions in Japan that are needed hired by you、uh, in Japan or Your APAC team or your global team is looking to hire someone in Japan because you've heard Japan is such a different animal for recruitment compared to all the other markets in the world, which in some capacity is true and in others not so true.、Uh, but some of the things I'm going to be talking about are for how you can.、Um, Help better your chances for those senior confidential niche roles.、Um, perhaps your, your position's in a difficult location, or you may have multiple hires. That's what we'll kind of cover today. And of course, this may seem like a basic question where I could just come in and say, Well, call me up and uh, uh, I'll help you. Fill that position. Well, there are other things that companies can do besides using a recruitment partner, though I'm going to spend some time on why you would want to use a recruitment partner for some of these searches after you have first established a, a fundamental groundwork of recruitment that you can do for. No extra expenditure, and it's something that other that you can do, and some companies do, many companies still do not.、Um, and for more information on how to hire A players, I covered、um, that kind of process in episode four、uh, in a podcast. This time, we're going to cover some things without really. Looking to spend too much money or time, but just some simple things that can be done by you and your team,、um, especially for, for difficult roles. I would say that the first thing that your job search starts with is a good job description.、Um, now, now, with ChatGPT, it's nice that JD can be written up for you in, in seconds, but there's still Something, a human element that you need to put in there. As、uh, one of my colleagues once said, your job description needs to sell the sizzle, not the steak. 
and uh, ChatGPT can definitely give you a steak. You're going to need to put some sizzle and some seasoning on there. And what I find is most talent acquisition professionals, HR professionals, and hiring managers just put everything in the kitchen sink within the, the job description. It is a dream list of how it can find a unicorn. If it's if we don't know, just put it on the job description kind of thing. Uh, whereas you need to realize in Japan, that doesn't work. You need to be very critical about what you're putting on the job description because a Japanese candidate has a tendency to deselect themselves. They actually do read job descriptions that are posted on the internet and will oftentimes say they are not good for the position because they don't meet the particular requirements. For example, I've talked to candidates who wouldn't apply for a job because on the job description, the TOEIC score the company was looking for was 850. And even though their English was absolutely business level, they only had an 800 TOEIC score. So they decided not to apply. Um, so in a case like that, it's much better for a company to be more descriptive, such as English communication is desirable to write emails to HQ. Uh, that, that's a bit more specific and broad to and open to interpretation by whoever is reading the job description. Uh, second, salaries. Yeah, money. You need to look at your job description. Are you putting salaries on the job description or not? There's not a right or wrong answer to this, but if you're putting salaries on there, you will attract certain candidates and you will detract other candidates. Um, I tend to use salaries as a method to attract as many candidates as I can so that I have an opportunity to select the candidates that I want. Um, if you have a too narrow of salary range, the candidates will deselect themselves. If you don't have a salary, oftentimes candidates will not apply for a position as well. Uh, again, on salaries, sometimes I've had companies dicker over a salary for a candidate that has gone through an interview process and they are, you know, looking at minor adjustments. It literally, if you're looking at anything under a million yen, you should go for it and pay the candidate in this marketplace because the time you spend and the recruitment costs you will spend will in general be much, much more than the cost over a lifetime of that money um, that you're looking at over the short term. So just think about what you're offering um, to, to candidates. One of the easy things that you can do also on a job description is clarify benefits. Um, nowadays, benefits are almost, if not more important than salaries or job title. I would hesitate, I'd say that uh, work-life balance is a better benefit than a higher salary for some candidates in the market. And Japan uh, candidates are finicky and 
they won't just jump to a new job for a higher salary. They are um, selective about all the holistic portions of a job, uh, including job title, including uh, benefits. And so it's important that you take a moment and put those details within your job description for the job offering of the candidates. Before you go out and start searching for a candidate, the other thing you can start doing is think through transferable skills that you'd be open to for a candidate pool. Uh, as a hiring manager, you may know these skills. Make sure that your HR also knows the, the transferable skills that you're open to interviewing and looking for. Um, especially if someone doesn't need to have come from your industry and or there's a hard skill that can be taught, then it's definitely something to think through in this market. So, for example, many people in uh, FP&A, for example, it's easy enough to do FP&A in a variety of different industries. And e-commerce is another one of those where you can do those in different industries. Um, I had one company that was in the cosmetics industry searching for a supply chain director said that they must have that experience because it was so important for regulatory purposes. There just is not that many candidates within the market that have that skill set along with English and as well as that want to join uh, that particular company at that point. And for the reason it's it behooved the company to broaden what they were looking for. And they opened up to a transferable skill from a, a different industry. And they knew that they could train up these skills and they decided to hire someone that's trainable instead of hiring for that skill set. So look for transferable skills. Okay, some other things that you can do. Let's, let's move away from the job description for a bit and let's look at employee branding. Um, if you haven't heard about employee branding, then, then get out there and do some research on that because it's a buzz, it's a thing, it's something that your company must do if you are to compete within hiring within Japan. Because if a candidate doesn't know you, if a candidate's family doesn't know your company and the benefits and why they should work with you, you're going to have a heck of a hard time bringing someone on board. So some easy employee branding things. And these aren't even really so much branding, it's just simple things that you can do. Do you post jobs on your website? Uh, do you post? Do you do posts on LinkedIn uh, or industry posts? Um, and you can post a job on LinkedIn without paying for posting a job on LinkedIn. So are you using LinkedIn as a tool that you're building a community on? Uh, are you also posting elsewhere or going out and networking and letting people know that you're hiring? These are all simple employee branding things that you can do as a hiring manager and that your company should be doing. Um, another thing that uh, is not... Is, is much more rare in Japan than, than elsewhere in the world, which is um, sharing with your employees that you're hiring and having an employee hiring program uh, for, in, for your internal uh, employees, that there's an incentive for them to help you. Um, often that's going to be way cheaper than using a recruitment vendor. Now, 
with that, there's a caveat that this is sometimes tricky in Japan because employees are still very conscientious and hesitant to introduce people into your company um, because they feel responsible for that person and they may not want to feel that responsibility. Perhaps as you as a company fall short of the candidate's expectations or the candidate doesn't work out well within your company, either way, the employee has lost face. And for that reason, um, companies and employees in Japan still are hesitant to, to really um, refer people to employers. However, with that said, it's still worth um, attempting it within your organization as it doesn't cost uh, a lot to do that. Uh, something else, again, that uh, I touch on about hiring A players um, but I want to underline and highlight here is having a good, clear interview process. Again, have a good, clear interview process. And when you meet with candidates or with your partner, vendor partners, that you explain this process. So many companies don't explain, explain their process or may not have a process or ad hoc their process. We had uh, one client uh, who was in a difficult location, was very difficult role, and they were ad hocing. Some candidates might have a test, um, others would have a couple meetings. Some one candidate had one meeting and the director scared the candidate away by giving them an offer after the meeting, which just was uh, mind-boggling that they would do such a thing. So, uh, yeah, be very careful about how you do that. We had, I worked with another company that had a very long recruitment process. They had a couple of tests. They had local interviews. They had European uh, interviews as well. And um, previously when they recruited, they always had a hard time. They'd lose candidates throughout the interview process because it was long. Um, when they brought us in, one of the things that we brought uh, to the client and to the candidates was a transparency about the length of the process. The process was never going to change, but that the process was very transparent and the candidates knew exactly where they were within the process so that they weren't scared off by the long process and they knew where they were at and how long it was going to take and the next steps. So um, that doesn't cost anything for your company. It's just very good communication process within your company. Um, another thing that you, for difficult positions, uh, first take some time and look within your organization, see if there's anyone internally you can move. I understand sometimes that's not impossible that specific skill sets are needed, but sometimes those skill sets can be taught. Um, sending someone for a six-month course and giving them those skills will help uh, employee retention and dedication to the organization, and it builds up their skill set, and it might be easier to hire the, the skill set that they came from. I have a few clients that I love working with because so many of the the positions I work with them are the similar position because they keep on backfilling 
because the person is promoted. It's just a kind of general entry-level position for the company that helps them fill the harder positions once they've gone through that one year to three years within the company. Their their skill sets built within the company and they can transfer to more complicated jobs within the organization. Um, Another thing that nowadays I would highly recommend is looking at your work style for your company. Can you make it a remote uh, position? And if not, ask yourself, why not start off with, yes, we can. How would we do that as a remote? We may not want to, but can it be done remotely? What parts of it can be done remotely? It may not be an ideal situation or solution for your organization, but it is one worth exploring by looking at the possibility of how to do it first instead of just um, easily uh, negating that it can be done. Um, I'm going to touch on salaries one more time because I think it's important, but I think um, Often companies will bid low for candidates, and if they give offers, they often low, uh, lowball a candidate. Um, either way, I think as an organization, it behooves you to know what the market salary is for positions at different levels and to really be as competitive as you can and provide the best salary that your organization can provide at the time. Sometimes it's not going to be the highest position uh, salary, I get that. But it should be the best that your company is able to provide. And it may not be negotiable later on because of that, but at least you're going to be able to entice the best talent. If you don't know the um, salaries, we do have an annual salary guide that we release. Happy to send you a copy if you need one. Uh, please ask me, or I'm happy to have uh, myself or someone on the team come and speak to you. We just recently had um, a head of HR from Europe uh, speak to our team about salaries, because internally in Japan, uh, they realized that their salaries were low because they were basing their salaries off a regional uh, salary instead of what they needed to be paying. And to be able to help persuade their European headquarters, they brought us in to give a presentation about salaries within the market and how to best hire for the company. So we were happy to go in and and do that and can do that for your company as well. Again, if you do need to use um, a recruiter, and it is one of these difficult positions or, or it's very senior, confidential, um, I would tend to gravitate towards a retained solution instead of a contingency re- solution for a recruitment vendor. Um, the reason being um, is, is several, but I think that um, first and foremost, if you are looking for a company to commit to hiring, then a retained solution is one that you would look at because they commit and they have uh, a specialized process, whereas contingency recruiters are paid on success. And if there's no win, no fee uh, given. So they're not paid to work hard for your position. And if it's a hard position, they're not going to work it because it, they're going to grade your position as much more difficult and go to easier work. It's just the nature of the hunter in a recruitment industry. So 
If you look at retained, it tends to be a commitment um, both by an organization, but also by your recruitment partner. And what that helps do is that the company then fully focuses on your hiring needs. I know at Focus Core, we do a couple of other things that are different than, say, the, the larger retained-based search firms, because the larger retained-based firms only successfully place about 40% of their their cert mandates. And so what we do is we actually guarantee that there'll be a result for our searches. And also we put together a team for our clients. So it's not just one single consultant going in, but you have a team of specialists going in and giving a robust process. Another reason that I look at a retained level search is you tend to get a different level of expertise in recruitment. Um, The recruiters that do retained search are frankly just better recruiters. You also get a level of confidentiality, which goes back to your employer branding. We had one client um, recently who had a director position open, and they went on a retained uh, route for a couple of reasons. First, the position, uh, they had hired this position a year prior, and it was a very difficult uh, search for them. took them about... uh, 10 months. And they didn't want word out on the market that they were hiring again. Now, it was no fault of their own that they were hiring again. And so they decided on retained methodology because it was confidential. NDAs could be signed off and they could maintain their their brand on the market. And that was important for them for their hiring and to have that durability. Uh, also, compared to the 10 months that they had spent previously for our team, it only took about eight months for them, eight, sorry, eight weeks for them to fill that uh, position, which was a significant uh, improvement for them. Um, and I think, lastly, what's most important to me is you get this collaborative approach to recruitment on a retained search. So I know for our team, we sit down um, and meet weekly with our clients to tell them what's going on in the search, how the market's looking, show the profiles, and there's a high level of um, visibility into the process that our clients appreciate. It's almost as if we're an uh, um, outsourced Uh, arm of their organization. And so there's a lot of trust that is built up over time. And because of that, a lot of our clients come back to us time and time again and, and focus on this methodology versus a contingency. Now, contingency is perfectly good for when you need to search for an easy to fill kind of vanilla jobs. Um, It's much more transactional. And doesn't require kind of that uh, extensive search process. Maybe you don't need headhunting. You don't need that specialized consultant on the other end of your search. But I think what we're talking about here today is about hiring for difficult to fill positions. And in that case, 
it definitely behooves a person to look at a retained methodology, I think. Um, and when you do that, I think it's first and foremost, you look at the processes that you can work on as a company that are free to work on and make sure that your processes are all in place so that you are an employer of choice, whether you're using an external vendor or not. And uh, so please go through. If I hope these have been some helpful hints for you and your organization. Also, as I said, go back through and look at uh, how I talk about how to hire A players. I think that will also help you and your organization put in really strong processes so that you can hire quickly and easily for those easy to fill positions. And then when it gets more difficult, your processes are in place to hire that. And if you need to partner with external vendors, you know exactly what you're doing and how to do that. And you have great processes ready for them as well. Thank you so much for listening. And if you have any ideas for further podcasts that would be useful for you, please do drop us a line. We'd love to hear from you. Wishing you much success.